Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, timeless wisdom to enrich every day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well November 5th. Consideration for other people is a sign of maturity. It shows openness to different realities from one's own and is necessary to man's struggle to pull himself out of the mud of egoism. This phrase that's really interesting here, consideration for others is necessary to man's struggle to break out of his own egoic realities. This is an important Um, point on the spiritual path because often on the path of meditation and the path of self-realization there is a natural emphasis on one's own spiritual development and there is even a, a, a natural and a not untrue inclination to emphasize you know myself what I'm doing my sadhana my efforts and and a desire to separate oneself from mass consciousness from what other people are thinking of you. In fact, many, many of the uh, pieces of advice in this book are all about standing on your own principles. One of them even be willing to be burned at the stake rather than give up your own principles. And then all of a sudden he's talking about the other side of it, consideration for others. And you might think, well, what do I care about what others think? I'm just going to go my own path. Well, this world is set up to teach us many lessons. And every incarnation, we have different karmic aspects of ourselves that we're trying to develop. And eventually, we have to, you know, make the whole circuit. You know, we cannot, we can get very strong in ourself, but if in the effort to become strong in ourself and to be loyal to our own principles, we become hardened against the realities of others, then whatever progress we make in that direction is going to be undermined by the egoic self-involvement that causes us to lack compassion and understanding. So we have to, it's, it's like a zigzag. We don't just sort of start here and just check things off one at a time. Strong in self, great, you know, strong in principles, fine, burned at the stake, fabulous, you know. It's just like, it's like we have to learn it all. We have to learn it all. And consideration for others is, is one of those, what you would call it, it's, it's where the sandpaper just continually goes against the sharp edge. You know, other people um, are um, just one of those things that's part of life. We're, we're lonely. We need human company. Many people who pretend... Um, a freedom or an indifference to uh, other people's feelings or, or the need for other people are often just putting on an act. It, it's really a very, very high level of spiritual advancement where we really are self-sufficient in a way that isn't contractive. People become self-sufficient but it's a contractive self-sufficiency. It's built on a wall built around us and even a deeply suppressed um, disappointment 
because we can't make meaningful contact, we sort of um, uh, initiate a preemptive strike. You don't like me, I don't need you anyway. The world doesn't respond to me, I don't need the world. But in fact, spiritually speaking, we are all children of God. Spiritually speaking, we are all unified by our same divine reality. And when, we, when the ego begins to dissolve, it, it sees itself everywhere. It's, the, it's, it's egoism, which is excessive self-concern, which keeps us moving as if we were the only choice there is. It's so remarkable, just as a practice, when you go into any crowd, when you're on the street, just anywhere that you are. And this seems self-evident, but actually think about this. Every single person is recognizably themselves. And some are big, some are small, they have different genders, they have different features, they have different skin tones, they have different ethnicities, they have different languages. And there's a, a marvelous spiritual principle that Master expressed. Spirit is center everywhere, circumference nowhere which is another way of saying that spirit is equally centered everywhere. And every single one of those bodies walking around is as real to himself or herself as I am. And, and maybe, this, maybe I'm just inviting you into the wackiness of my own mind, but sometimes I, I can't think, even now it makes me a little nervous, I can't think too deeply about the absolute inescapability of, of self-awareness. And I still, sometimes when I wake up in the morning, it's a little creepy that there I am again. It's just a little creepy. I think I've actually had past lives in what is probably a politically incorrect term, which I'm going to use, lunatic asylums, because of that, of just this unbearable fact, I can't escape from my own consciousness. I'm always me. I'm always looking out from these eyes. Now, of course, I can change my body, which... I will, you know, over incarnations, my body will change, but there will always be awareness. That's what we are. This is Satchitananda. We are eternally aware. And I have, I have a certain, I make sense to myself. Of course, sometimes I surprise myself and things like that, but, but I just move in the way that seems like I ought to move. And you know what? So does everybody else. And no matter how incomprehensible the choices they make may seem to you they make sense to them <laughs> isn't that funny i mean can you do you understand what i'm saying and i'm i i've mentioned in these talks not too long ago that um i have a a, a friend who's a very big man over six feet tall just a big strong person and he, and his his he's he's actually also intellectually brilliant and has a magnificent heart but he's also very big and very strong. It's just like, because he's so big and strong, so many things are different for him. You know, he has very little physical fear, for one thing, because he's just very big and very strong. There's not a lot in the physical world that could come at him that he doesn't feel that he can just literally overpower with his physical force. My little bones, you know, I feel like if I hit the ground, it's all just going to go into tiny pieces. And I've always, I, I'm not that I'm cowardly, but I never think about dealing with things just through physical force. It's just like, whoo, never in my mind. I don't feel like a soldier. I don't feel like an athlete. You know, just none of those things are part of me. But there's a lot of people in the world who their whole premise is different. 
And so you see people doing things you don't understand. Well, well, flip around, stand behind, stand inside their head and look out through their eyes, move their body. I have a lot of fun sometimes when I see somebody on the street, for example, who has a very peculiar walk. Sometimes I see, um, sometimes teenage boys I see, teenage boys who are, who are quite... Mm, conscious of themselves, full of themselves is a phrase I would use, but just, you know, they have arrived and they're moving down the sidewalk and not in front of them. But later, I just try to walk like that person walks and try to think like, who would I be that I would make my walk like this? Or if I hear a peculiar inflection, I'll say the same words or peculiar expression or peculiar way of holding yourself. Just, you know, like, what, what would make me do that? And then you do it, and all of a sudden you see, oh yeah, the world is really different. If I were six and a half feet tall and could, you know, just pick up a hundred pounds without it being a problem, how would I feel? What kind of decisions would I make? And then when you feel people from the inside of their reality, then all of a sudden it, it's, it's very easy to be sympathetic and supportive. Because if I were operating from those principles, that's exactly what I would do. And what that also does is because what we are right now is also just one of a million choices. And one of a million choices that we ourselves have made. I mean, I speak of the inevitability of being ourselves, and there's a certain consistency from incarnation to incarnation, but we've played many, many, many different roles. Master said that, um, let's see, that we experience everything before we're free. Every, and everything in this world that you're no longer drawn to, to own or to be or to do, is because you've already experienced it. And you've already found out that it's not the solution. Now, I tend to think of this in the negative. You know, if you're, you're not a rapist, you're not a murderer, you're not a thief, you're not somebody who tortures people, you're not a sadist. And according to what Master said, and I'm just passing it on, because I've tried it and I know it doesn't work. Because we use our free will to explore every possible, what I call, alternate theory of happiness to complete attunement with God. And, and our bodies excite us. And our willpower excites us. And our egos excite us. And we try to see by ego dominance, by physical dominance, by extreme hedonism, even by cruelty, by power over others, or by being a victim to others. Will this give me the fulfillment I like, I want? No, it didn't. So I don't try it anymore. So we're born with a certain set of inclinations and what some people consider attractive, others consider poison. And, and the other way around, people enjoy things that I find unbearable. And, and people would think that the way that I live would just be austere beyond, you know, comprehension. I became a vegetarian in 19, let's see, 66. And believe me, it was not popular at that time. And just even the thought that you could live without meat. And recently, people, there's this wonderful product called Beyond Meat, which has been a great help for people who want to go beyond meat. But somebody brought it to me. I've been a vegetarian since 1966. 
first it, it just creeped me out because it looked so much like the, what they brought me looked so much like hamburger. You know, it was just like I was very hesitant to touch it. I, I, I wouldn't cook it. I couldn't cook it. And then somebody else cooked it and gave me a piece of it. And it tasted so much like meat, I had to take it out of my mouth. Now, like, you know, that's nuts to a lot of people. And I'm not, I'm really not making a value judgment here. I'm just talking about stand inside someone else's reality. See what it feels like to be them. Think about what their next step is. Think about what's important to them, what they're drawn to, what they love, what they're afraid of. And then try to help them. That's what we're here for. I mean, that's what we want, isn't it? We just want somebody to see us and care about us and try to help us. Not help us to be like them, but help us to be me, except a little more and a little better. But you can't help someone be a little more and a little better if you have no idea who you're dealing with or if you don't care. And if you don't care, what does that say about you? And if the only thing you can think of is how to make them more like me, what does that say about you? So Swamiji's words here are extremely apt and really so simple. Consideration for others helps us tune into realities other than our own. And being able to tune into realities other than our own are what, what we need to expand our consciousness. And the reason we need to expand our consciousness is because nothing else will ever fulfill us except allowing that expansion to reach its conclusion in endlessness, its end in endlessness, as Master puts it. It's a big project, and it's going to keep us busy for a really long time. So, you know, we'll never be bored. That's the good news. And we'll always be increasingly happy once we put our feet on the right path, the path that really leads to joy. So Swamiji says... Consideration for other people is a sign of maturity. It shows openness to different realities from one's own and is necessary to man's struggle to pull himself out of the mud of egoism. Joy to you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.